All right, we are back to podcast, and I hope everyone's had a, a good day in the Lord. He has blessed you uh, in so many ways, and we are thankful for His goodness and grace, His mercy, and uh, appreciate uh, all that He's done for us and uh, keeping us healthy, giving us a good week, and um, thank God for each of you. I pray that. Uh, your days be good, and we're looking forward to all that the Lord has in store for us. First uh, Corinthians chapter number eight. First Corinthians eight, and um, we're looking First Corinthians eight. We'll get started. Probably take us into uh, chapter nine as well. But First uh, Corinthians is a heavy book. It, it really is. Deals with a lot of heavy, uh, weighty subject matters, and um, so I'll be. You know, I, I enjoy it. It's very helpful for our people and a church. It gives us a lot of information. When we come out of it, we'll go to Second Samuel. Second Samuel uh, kind of starts to you know, more exploits and adventures of David. Uh, but we come to 1 Corinthians chapter number 8, and um, as we do, he's Paul answers a question here that was asked, was it right for a Christian to eat the flesh of animals that had been used as a sacrifice to idols? Okay? Um, so Paul Paul's about to get into that a little bit. Okay, it was kind of it's kind of a superstition, really, not necessarily a commandment of God, just a superstition that uh, if a, if a meat had been, you know, people can tend to be extremely superstitious about things, and if meat uh, had been a, a sacrifice to idols, could it rightly be be consumed after that? Um, and so Paul, it was just a hang-up with the people, you know, it, just a religious hang-up. And that's how religion can be. Religion will get preferences, uh, traditions, hang-ups, things that they were maybe taught as tradition but wasn't from the Scriptures. That, that's this issue. So Paul answers this question. Now it's touching things offered unto idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And, and that's the truth. Uh, that is, charity is a, is a greater degree than love. Love is, is strong. Love is an emotion, however, typically. And charity is not as such. Charity is uh, more truth-based. Um, it's, it's, doesn't it is not as predicated on emotion. I, I say love is an emotion. Love is actually an action. Um, and I teach and talk about that where for God so loved the world that he gave. Love is giving, <clears throat> love is sacrificial, and love is um action oriented. And so that that's what the Bible teaches is it teaches not to love in word, but in deed. So understanding that, we uh, see in 1 Corinthians that we take this a step further to, to a greater uh, elevation past love into charity. 
Charity is, again, more truth-based. It edifieth. It builds up. That's what the Bible's teaching. Love does as well. So Paul's saying here, you know, be careful about the knowledge and, the, and always a seeking after knowledge because knowledge can puff you up. Um, gaining knowledge without wisdom can, can puff you up. I've, I've seen it. Been there probably early in my Christian life. I felt myself gaining a, a lot of knowledge and I wanted the wisdom to go with it to to not be puffed up or to not get puffed up. When you read puffed up there, that's that's what that means is puffed up with pride. Full of pride. So uh, verse number two, and if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. So it's it's better to love God. It's better to be in love with Jesus than to to know. So you know, I, I know people that don't know hardly a thimble full of scripture. They they know it out of context. They've learned it out of context. Almost have no solid biblical knowledge, but they love their hearts pure, and God God take you know God. Uh, acknowledges that and, and honors that and appreciates that. So we see that he knoweth nothing as he ought to know, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. So Paul's saying, look, it's superstition. There's The idol's nothing anyway. So... He's saying, why hang up over the, the sacrificing of meat to idols when idols aren't real anyway? And, and it, it, you know, it's nothing more than a tr- statue, a trophy. And that's, Paul's got such a, a pragmatic, reality-based view on life and Christianity and, and most issues. And that's what he's saying. He's saying... What's the big deal, basically? And you know that's how I feel about a lot of things. What is the big deal? Um, verse number four. So that's his answer. He said, "He said, what's the what's the deal with it? There's only one God. Idols aren't real anyway." So verse five. For there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. And uh, so the false gods that were prevalent in the New Testament times, I'll just list a few that, that we see from Acts. So we, we compare these epistles with Acts, and that's how we know some of the realities. So in Acts, here are some of the false gods that are mentioned. Um, in Acts 28.11, we've got Castor and Pollux, which was worshipped by the Greeks, You'll notice most of these uh, are, are Greek worshipped. You've got Acts nineteen to twenty eight is Diana, the the idol Diana, Artemis, and all of Asia worshipped this false idol, this false god. Acts fourteen and twelve, you've got Jupiter and Mercurius, and these were all worshipped by the Greeks. So. Jupiter and Mercury, what are those? Those were planets also, but they, they began as false gods in the uh, in the old in the New Testament. 
So be careful about planetary worship. Be careful about uh, worshiping the stars, putting too much stock in that, you know. And so uh, just be very careful that those all have their roots in uh, paganism, in idol worship, and, and we see that in the names of these false gods. Uh, but to us, there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in Him, and our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. Now, you and I, you know, born in the South, the buckle of the Bible belt, that, that's not a big weighty thing. I mean, there is one God, one mediator, Jesus Christ, but this is a hot-button issue in Corinth. This is a hot-button issue in these days. And Paul is addressing that. One God, the Father, whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. So Paul puts Paul, Jesus Christ and God the Father at the same level, just as Jesus did when He taught on this earth. Okay, let's go to verse 7. Verse number 7, Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it is a thing offered unto an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled so what he, what's happening here is is some folks don't have the maturity uh to to understand that you know in in, in age spiritually speaking age and even emotionally speaking Age doesn't always equate maturity. I, I know people of very, very older ages who they're they're not very emotionally mature. They get upset easy. Their feelings are hurt all the time. Uh, everything tends to be a big deal, and you can you can be saved for many years. You can be um, an older person and still have those character traits. And Paul is trying to get folks past this, to mature, to mature, to grow. And he's saying that for someone to hang up on that, it's it's basically uh, an immaturity. Verse 7, Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto idol, their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth us not to God. So meat, meat doesn't draw us closer to God. For neither if we eat are we better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. It's about like he was speaking about the marriage situation last chapter. You, you see these, these Corinthians, to their, you know, to Paul's dismay and to their detriment, are, are so hung up on, on superstition and tradition. And he's trying to let them know whether it's marriage, whether it's meat offered to idols, whatever it is, you can't hang up on that. And so he uh, he says, verse 8, But meat commendeth us not to God, neither for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. Boy, it's going to be amazing when we get to heaven, when we get in the presence of God, standing at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, the things that we'll suffer rebuke for, for having hung up on, having broken fellowship with, having gotten mad about, having been upset over, and that's what Paul's saying. He said, "Don't you can't you can't get involved in these trifling matters." So, 
Verse 9, But take heed, lest by any man's this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Now what he's saying here is, look, you've got liberty, but there's going to be folks out there that stumble over your liberty. There's going to be folks out there that struggle. And they're the, they're the more immature. Now here's something that I, I find fascinating. I come from a, a group and I guess the sect of Christianity that believe very strong that the more you matured, in essence, the stricter you got in your beliefs in your life, the, the less liberty you possessed in Christ. Um, that, that was the belief. You know, if somebody didn't have something worked out in their lives, um, you know, they would, in, in they, their life wasn't as strict maybe as someone else's life. It was always, well, they hadn't matured. You know, give them grace, let them mature, let them mature in the things of God. And the reality of that is very much, it's very different. It's a, it's a much different story. Um, the reality is this, that the more mature brother in this instance, in this situation, was the one that held the liberty, the one that didn't hold to such a, a hard-line, strict approach to Christianity. Now, that, that's fascinating. Because, you know, like I said, in, in majority of the sects of, and groups of Christianity, the stricter one lives, quote-unquote, for Jesus, the more mature they are along. That, that's how folks believe. But that's not what Paul's teaching here. That's not what the Scriptures are teaching at all. In fact, to the contrary, he's teaching the exact opposite. He's teaching that the more mature Christian is the the Christian that stands fast in his and her liberty. It's plain. But take heed by lest any man, any means, this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So the liberty, the individual with liberty is actually the mature Christian. For if any man see the which uh, has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through the knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, now this is a strong statement here. It says, take heed, uh, if, if meat were to make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh, while the world standeth, lest my brother to offend. So, let's, let's give this as an example. There is something that... Um, I don't know. Some, someone that you know feels like something is wrong. They feel like it's not right. You practice it. You have prayed about it. You've sought God about it. You've, you've looked for answers. And God is, from the Scriptures, given you liberty to do, to have in your life, to exercise, you know, whatever. Whatever it is. 
But there's a brother, so it's a brother, it's a saved person, someone in the Lord that views that as very wrong. It's someone maybe that has not reached a maturity level. That's, that's what the Bible's teaching. Then the best tactic to take concerning this, the best way to deal with and address this is to not offend them. In other words, don't show your liberty off to them. Don't make it a means of contention. Don't rub it in their face. If you've got liberty to to do it, to live it, to have it in your life, to practice it, what have you, then do so. But you as the mature Christian with the liberty shouldn't make it a point of contention or of show off, what have you, in the face of the, the person that doesn't have that maturity level. So that's basically that's what Paul has is, is talked about this entire epistle. He has, from, from the very beginning, he's called on babes in Christ, and he's had to deal with things such as, you know, suing one another, such as uh, infighting in the church, divisions in the church, uh, fornication and adultery in the church. He's had to, then he had to move on to the marriage issue where folks were hanging up on married and unmarried and forbidding them to be married, putting them under laws, you know, of and, and now we come to this chapter and they're fighting about meat. And basically, Paul is telling them, you, you are to mature, to grow up. And if you've got this maturity level, however, and you've got this, this liberty that Christ has given you as a mature Christian, you should never use it as a means to offend a weaker brother. And so my takeaway from that is the more mature brother or sister in Christ is the one with the liberty. And that's that's not how it was. And be that as it may, that's not how I viewed it in my early Christianity. And I, I remember reading something that's so true that the young man knows the rules and the old man knows the exceptions. And I've, I've always, that, I, I read that one day and it was astounding how true and real it was for me in my Christian life because when I was young in it, I knew all the rules, all the regiments, all the do's, all the don'ts, the straight lines, you know. Yeah. Then I found out, number one, the scriptures aren't always as such. Number two, life absolutely isn't as such. So that's, that's Paul's point, is for us to mature up, to grow in grace, to not infight, and to move forward in our Christianity, to not go around offending one another and, and drawing lines with one another. This has been a short podcast, 20, 20 minutes, and it's a very short chapter. I hope you've had a good day in the Lord. We will uh, we will be back in pocket. I am working out of town this week, and uh, so there's there's a chance that Wednesday night will also be a podcast. Uh, when we started Bible study, I did mention that it was fluid and it would continue to be fluid. Um, you know, I still work. I'm in a, I'm in that situation right now where where I'm you know basically working three jobs, and so. Uh, we will be out of town this week working, coming back in late most evenings. 
So there's a chance that Wednesday night will be um, be podcast. So I'll keep you updated on that, and then hopefully we get back into the following week, and we can we can move back into in person. But uh, that's still not set, and so I will uh, update you throughout the week. I hope you have a great uh, rest of your evening, and enjoy your liberty in Christ. And I love each of you. Good night. God bless.